All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Hey, Doug. Yes, how are you? Doing good. It's Tim. How you doing? Hey, Tim. I got a friend here for you. What's up, Doug? John- <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, stranger? Not bad. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm a big fan of yours outright. No, likewise. That's so funny. I'm glad Tim set this up because you know what's funny? I had no idea when we were training that you. I think the movie was just about to come out or something. Yeah, I had the book that was out, and um, the movie was just about to explode, so to speak. And I had worked for our good friend, Paul Vincent, for years prior before meeting you. And, and then I got to meet you that summer. And, and, and believe me, I've, you know, I've had wood in my shorts ever since because, you know, watching you as a rookie, you know, playing with Minnesota, with Bugatti, I mean, you guys were just awesome. And I, I was a fan right from the outset. So to get to meet you years later was awesome for me. That was so cool. I um I didn't even know what to expect. And then you were there. And then out of nowhere, Stevie Mac comes out. I was like, holy moly. Like, yeah. And, and believe it or not, we were supposed to have maybe a couple of other guys from the area come in, like other NHL tough guys. Like I thought Colton Moore might show up and a couple of others. Because you know how Paul would bounce around for the summer here and there and everywhere. And like Mac came down for a couple of weeks to stay with him. And you popped in. And I mean, I was really expecting a, an unbelievable summer camp. <laughs> no, it, I was glad those guys didn't come because I got just to work with you. Taught me so much that summer. That was <laughs> awesome. I'm not even kidding because I, I left there like super confident in my fighting. Well, you know what? I remember talking with you beforehand, and I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's no fault of yours. I mean, you were a college player, so to speak, and you weren't playing hockey to be a, a tough guy or a fighter. But you know, I remember you telling me, you know, because I'm so big, I got tough guys coming after me, and. You know, I, I, I got to kind of learn what I'm doing here a little bit or, you know, I might not have a job, so to speak. Yeah, it was funny because we were doing drills before that, like just actual drills to try to make us better. And Mac couldn't even go forward to backwards. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, how is he playing? And then we started fighting and he was just dummying me up and down the ice. I'm like, OK, you're way better at fighting than I am. But by the end of the week, I was keeping up with him pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, you did great. Like I said, I mean, you know, and, and you're right. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to slant on you or him. I mean, you know, he made it as a tough guy. And, you know, I mean, as a tough guy, sometimes you don't have to have real good skill. And, I mean, he played the tough guy role right out of juniors. Um, you, of course, like I said, you played college. So, I mean, you really had to actually play hockey and learn a skill and become a fighter later. Yeah. What, what was it like training? What, what tough guys have you trained? Well, I mean, you know, besides yourself and McIntyre, I was fortunate to work with the Boston Bruins for almost eight years. So almost anybody that went through their organization, I got to work out with. And I mean, you know, being down in Providence, the American League, you know how minor leagues are. Guys filter in and out all the time. Um, and then I was fortunate I get to bounce around with a couple of organizations after the Bruins. So, I mean, I got to work with some great guys. Um, you know, you probably played against half of them, Dennis Bonvi and Trevor Gillies. I mean, all these tough guys. And, um, and again, you were right in the mix with all of them. And, and not just because you were a big guy or had a long reach, but, I mean, you got hungry. Like, you knew, hey, I got to do this. And, you know, I, I, it's not like you wanted to do it, but you certainly gave a great effort. And, and that week I got to work with you, like you said, by the end of the week, even McIntyre told me, wow, he's going to be a scary dude if I have to fight him because he's really picked us up quickly. I know. We were just digging up pictures from that couple of weeks I was there. My wife saw me. She's like, oh, my gosh, you look kind of sexy fighting her. What's going on? <laughs> oh, I like Trust that. me, I, I, I never said that. What? <laughs> so one of the guys, one of your ex, you 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 trained with Colt Nor, right? I'm guessing. Yes, when he was with Providence before he made it up to Boston, I had him as a rookie. So he told me to ask you about hanging the heavy bag from the scoreboard of the Dunkin' Donuts Center after practice. What? what yeah. What so I used, yeah, I used to come to practice in Providence, and um, and what I used to do is I tried to incorporate. I had a boxing background, and. Um, I really tried to bring a lot of boxing drills onto the ice because it's, it's more realistic if you're on the ice doing it than I in the gym punching a heavy bag and all that, you know, cause you know, you need that balance on your skates to fight. And so I remember talking to one of the, uh, uh, guys that do the maintenance at the Providence Civic Center. And I said, what are the chances you can drop me down a rope from up atop with a raft design? I can hang a heavy bag. And the guy thought I was out of my mind. <laughs> but I told him what it was for, and, and he, he rigged it up for me, and I used to bring a heavy bag and hang it, and we used to put a T-shirt or, a, or I should say like a, a hockey jersey over the bag so you could kind of like emulate grabbing the guy's arms or grabbing his you know front of his shirt and, and throw with one hand and switch and throw with the other. It's just, like I said, it was something that I incorporated, and uh, a guy like Colt Moore, I mean, he's just an, a young 18-year-old kid out of juniors. I mean, he thought this was unbelievable. He loved it. Oh, it sounds so fun. It's no one realizes how important the grip is in a fight. It's probably the most important thing aside from like actually throwing punches. If you get a bad grip, you're in trouble. And we, when we were wrestling out in Boston, I couldn't believe the neck burn that I had after that week. And I, I was looking at you. I'm like, Doug, how are you not like bleeding? Because we were just chucking each other around. I would come off the ice and I, my whole neck would just be stinging for the, the rest of the night because we just were ragdolling each other. It's crazy. 
How did you right. I mean, wounds? You know, I, w- I was lucky because, you know, unlike you, so to speak, I mean, I I'm kind of a gym rat where I'm a power lifter, weight lifter. So I, I knew I have to be very strong to go with you guys. You know, again, McIntyre is like 260. You're pushing 250. I mean, you guys are big guys. So for me to be able to hang on to your biceps so you couldn't throw during drills. And like you said, we wrestle each other on the ice for 30 seconds. Like I would try to keep you guys out there and really work you guys. It wasn't you know, I wasn't being easy on you guys. And, um, and you're right. But the key to me was I would always wear a, a turtleneck under my hockey jersey. You never did. So I never got that burn. <laughs> so did you, did you like doing that? Was that something that came natural to you or did you just kind of fall into it because you you fought? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, I had a boxing background and I always knew that I would make a good trainer. I mean, my my playing days as a hockey player or trying to be an enforcer in, in the minor leagues was just a pipe dream. But I, I knew that I could get what I wanted on the ice and, and make a, a small little career out of it. Um, I just wasn't as good as an, as an athlete as you guys were to really do it in the show. Um, and like I said, I, I owe it all to the Bruins who gave me an opportunity to come out and kind of work with guys to teach them just basically how to defend themselves. And that's how it really all evolved. You know, I tried to explain to the Bruins management, Hey, you know, you got these draft picks and you got these kids that are like franchise players that, you know, if they don't know how to defend themselves, they could really get hurt. Never mind. Just, you know, you give them a little confidence that they're not going to be scared out there because they know what to do if the shit hits the fan and, and guys like yourself or, or McIntyre when we had them or, or, I mean, you know, they gravitated to me because they were like, hey, this is what I do for a living. I, I want to work out with this guy and, and, and become better too. Oh, it's, it was so I, – I walked away from that weekend feeling so confident in myself. It was like Luke Skywalker going to see Yoda. It was just like <laughs> you were the master, and I didn't even know you when I went in there. I just was this tall guy who kind of knew how to maybe keep himself upright in a fight and – I'll tell you what, the main thing that I learned from you coming out of that week was don't be afraid when someone throws a punch to really go right down the pipe with a punch of your own because they're not playing defense when they're throwing a punch. I was just like, my eyes were kind of like, whoa, because I would always like shy away. Someone would throw a punch. And I, that, that's your boxing background, I think, right? Like just Yeah, of course. It's, it's basically like a counter punch. I mean, you're kind of watching that other guy's fist come out your head and you, you, know, you kind of want to just lean back for a second. But as soon as it's reached its limit, you want to come right back over the top. And a guy like you, I mean, you really had great success with that because your arms were longer than the majority of other guys in the league. And you could let them take a couple of swings at you and then come over the top. And, you know, like we said before, I mean, your punching power, it was always there. You just never really exposed it to the league until like maybe that next year. You were, you were catching guys a lot. I mean, I remember particular fights and I was like, wow, look at Big Scott. He's really making a name for himself here. And other guys didn't want to play against you or, or I should say fight against you because, you know, you had that reach and now you're displaying that extra power. It was awesome. It was all from you, big guy. I tell you what, because, yeah. That next season, I really tried to beat some guys up the first four or five fights, and I just killed guys. And after you did. That, no one wanted to fight after that, so it was great. I could just play hockey, so it worked out perfect. Right, exactly. And, I mean, you know, like I said before, you know, you learn to fight as a, as a necessity. I mean, other guys, really, that's all they had. So you had a, a much better resume to present to a team. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. You're so nice. <laughs> all right well while we're wrestling around on the ice we're beating each other up all that stuff i had no idea the massive 
hit movie about your life was about to be released. You never even told me. So how, well, how I mean, did that come about? You know, I mean, I, I don't know how we never talked about it. Maybe I just assumed that you kind of knew a little bit of my background, which is, you know, fine with me. I mean, I wasn't there to toot my own horn, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I played a little minor league hockey. My story was that of an underdog. I mean, I didn't start skating until I was 20 years old, legit. Like, I never played my first organized hockey game until I was almost 22. And, uh, and I just lucked out because I got on the ice during a summer hockey league in my area up here where you were, where you came up with Paul Vincent. And, you know, I got in a couple of fights, and I just happened to have a scout from the Buffalo Sabres watching this league during the summer. And I remember him saying to me, you know what? He goes, Doug, you know, I know you started late. Your skating is really weak. But, you know, if you're willing to fight, you know, I can find maybe a team down in the East Coast League or one of the bottom of the barrel type of pro hockey leagues that you might be able to get a shot somewhere. And that's kind of how it all evolved as far as the playing goes. And, and, and a buddy of mine, after hearing endless stories, you know, I, I would call him every night. Hey, I fought this guy. And then a couple of nights later, I would say, hey, you know, this is unbelievable bus ride. You should see what they do on the bus. And crazy minor league hockey life talk. And he said, you know, you really should write a book. And, and we sat down a couple of years later, and we, and we kind of put a book together. And it just happened to get published. Like someone bought it, and they, and they, they enjoyed, you know, the hockey enforcer lifestyle, especially in the minor leagues. But, you know, you know as well as I do, hockey enforcers have been a part of the game forever. And they're, they're a huge necessity. And, uh, and even today, we're seeing the lack of it is, is really hurting the game in a sense. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think about that? Do you think, like, obviously, you probably don't work with guys anymore just strictly Correct. to protect themselves just because it's not part of the game anymore. What do you – I don't enjoy watching the game as much as I used to just because the physical side of it is almost non-existent. I love the fights. What do you think? Do you think the game is better or do you need, like, do you think we need the enforcer or just guys to fight more? Like what, I don't know. What do you think of the game right now? I mean, you know what? I'm probably on the same level as you are in the sense that, you know, this might like take, other people back and say, wow, Doug thinks that way. I'm not like so pro goon. Like I don't want to see like mayhem and craziness like back in the seventies. But I mean, a guy like John Scott who can play and defend his team. I I think that's necessary. I don't think the one dimensional fourth line guy who can hardly skate and just goes out there to fight. I don't think we need that in the game either. But, I mean, I think the enforcer role is needed. And, I mean, when you hear from guys like Sidney Crosby and, and, you know, and Ovechkin and, and, like, the top-notch stars who say, you know, I miss having that type of guy around, well, then it must be affecting the game. I know. I, and I'm just – I get tired of all the, the snowflakes, I call them, just, like, up in arms <laughs> about fights all the time. It drives me absolutely crazy. It's like, well, then don't watch if you don't like the right. fight. Don't try to change my game. Because you're right. like, or you got beat up in high school one time by a hockey guy. It's just, whatever. I could go on and on about that. But I agree. I think fighting has a place. No, I hear you. I hear you. And you know what? People will argue because they'll say, well, you know what? There's really no fighting in the playoffs. So how do you, how do you justify that? And, I mean, I, I guess they're right to a point. But I think the refereeing and, and the, the calls are a lot tighter in the playoffs also. Yeah, it's just – it is what it is. The playoffs are – a lot long, or the, the season's a long season. It's 82 games. If the playoffs were 82 games, I'm sure you'd see a lot more fights. But four games and you're done. You don't want to, you know, mess your team up by getting an instigator now and this and that. Back in the old days when there wasn't the instigator, there was fighting all the time in the playoffs. Of all course. The time. When they introduced all these 
tertiary penalties for fightings. That's what kind of ruined it. This episode of Dropping the Gloves is brought to you by... I'm actually excited for this one. It's brought to you by CoolHockey.com. I have actually ordered some jerseys from them because when my career ended, I couldn't get a jersey for the life of me. So whenever I need a Scott jersey for a charity or something, I go to CoolHockey.com. So it's cool we're pairing up with them. So hey, anyways, go to CoolHockey.com. They've been selling jerseys since 1999. Everything is done in-house, all the names on the back, all the numbers. They don't ship it out to somebody else, so you get your jerseys fast, and they're honestly a better quality. The customization is approved by the NHL every year, so you're not getting knockoffs, you're not getting outdated stuff, all the colors, all the logos, everything on the shoulders, everything is up-to-date, so you're getting legit up-to-date jerseys that the players wear. So if you want a jersey for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for anything, hockey season is in full swing, you got to get some new swag. Go to CoolHockey.com, use promo code JohnScott20, and you get 20% off all of their Adidas jerseys. Isn't that crazy? So, CoolHockey.com, use promo code JohnScott20, and get 20% off Adidas jerseys, and you'll help this guy out a little bit. So get some jerseys. You'll be looking good for the new year. Okay. You know, Kenny Reed, Sportsnet guy, he sent me a question. I was talking to him. He said, awesome. ask Dougie about Jacques <laughs> Maliou and the New Brunswick Senior League. So uh, Jacques Mayotte. Jacques yeah, Milliot. Excuse yeah. me. Yep, that's okay. Jacques Mayotte. Um, so Jacques played in the NHL. He played, he played for the Quebec Nordiques. Um, he was a minor league, real tough guy back in the 80s, early 90s. Um, obviously before your time and, um, he was legit, real tough guy. Um, he could go with both hands, really heavy puncher. Um, but he did get called up. He played in the NHL. He played for Quebec. He played against the Boston Bruins one night and fought both Cam Neely and Lyndon Byers and, and did well. Um, but I got to play with him. Uh, one year when I was kind of just bouncing around from the East Coast League, I went up to Canada. I played in what they call the New Brunswick Men's Senior Hockey League. Yeah, it was kind of that? an, yeah, it was kind of like a league where either you were an up and coming hockey player looking to play somewhere if you didn't make a junior team, or you were like kind of like a has been. You already played, and actually this league had numerous former NHL guys. So Jacques Mayotte was one of these guys that was still in this league. Uh, he, he would go back and forth and play a couple of games in the American League up where there were teams in that area like Moncton and Fredericton and Halifax back in the day. But when he wasn't playing a game or two for them, he'd go back to this particular league that we were teammates on. And, uh, and Mayotte was great for me because he was kind of a senior guy in the sense where I was kind of new only a couple of years into the game. And he really showed me a lot. Like when I was on the ice with you, he did stuff like that with me. Oh, cool. Was that when you were with yeah. the, the Miriachi Packers? <laughs> yeah, the Mi- Packers? yeah, Miramichi Packers. Um, yeah, and that was, like I said, it was like a men's senior league. And, and honestly, it was kind of more like a real rough and tough league. There was just a lot of fighting. And uh, it was all Canadians. I was the only American import in the entire league. No, but I was, yeah. And I was just brought in just to fight. Cause I told them I would fight. So, uh, you know, I mean, I got paid pretty good and, 
you know, I believe me, I fought every single night because every night there was another guy on the other side that was looking for me. Yeah, is that <laughs> when you fought that goalie that um, Wayne? Bernard? Yeah, yeah, Wayne Bernard. He was a goalie. Yeah, but he was also off the ice. He was actually a boxing champion. He actually was a representative for the Canadian Olympic boxing team back in the '80s. So he actually knew how to fight. Okay. Yeah, crazy. How do you fight a goalie? You know, it was kind of like one of those things where someone told me before the game that this guy does know how to fight, even though he's a goalie, and uh, told me his boxing background. I was like, wow, that's wild. And I remember during the game, it was a blowout of the game. You know, we were getting killed by, you know, a dozen goals, for God's sakes. And I remember skating down to him and kind of saying to him, hey, you know, I heard you were fighting. And we kind of talked for a second. And then, he, and then we challenged each other. And he took off his mask and his blocker and his glove, and we had a fight. And it didn't amount to much because he still had all his real heavy goalie gear on, as you can well yeah. imagine, the chest protector and, you know, the shin pads or whatever you call those things. And, um, goalie pads. Goalie pads, yeah. And so he couldn't really get around. So, so there was a big buildup for a rematch about two weeks later, and we fought in warm-ups. He came out for warm-ups without any goalie gear on. No way. <laughs> yeah. So we had like a real center ice one-on-one -on -one after the warm-ups. Uh, he came out, like I said, without any goalie gear on. It was wild. The place was going berserk. But that was over <laughs> in Prince, Prince Edward Island in Canada. That is bizarre. So is that – the, going back to the movie, how involved were you? Like, is any of those scenes from the movie pulled from your real life, or do they just kind of make stuff up? Yeah, you know, I would say the correlation between my book and the movie is probably 25 to 30% realistic, and the rest of it is all Hollywood script that they made up. I mean, they've, they've taken some stuff out of my book and used it, uh, but a lot of it was Hollywood script. I mean, you know, I'm not Jewish and they made the character Jewish, and I don't have a gay brother, and, you know, I didn't go to my first training camp in white girls figure skates. I mean, crazy <laughs> stuff. They all, yeah. they all did it for a laugh, you know, for yeah. a laugh. But, uh, you know, some of the stuff was real, and, um, you know, I mean, the involvement I had in the first movie was more of a, of a consultant. You know, they would say, hey, Doug, what would you do in this situation? Or what would you do if this happened? And I would kind of consult them a little bit, and they would run with it. The second movie, I was actually fortunate enough to actually be in the movie itself, yeah. which was great. That's cool. I, I love that. So now what, you're a police officer now, right? Yeah, I'm a cop. I uh, work in a small town in uh, Hanson, Massachusetts, which is just south of Boston. I've been there over 20 years. It's a great little town. Um, you know, I work with a great group of people. Uh, we have a great team, so to speak. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have that position. Yeah, Tim just sat upright in his chair. He's like, that's where I was born and raised. Oh, yeah. 20 years, Doug. <laughs> Jeez, great town. Great town. Safe Isn't that unbelievable? Good. It's so What a small world. It's bizarre because Tim is the softest kid I've ever met in my life, and you're just like one of the toughest guys ever. So I, I don't know what to believe. <laughs> the, the tough, mean streets of Hanson. Yeah, you know, we're what they call the suburbs of Boston, so we're a little shy of like the toughness um, reputation of the big city. And, and, and trust me, I, I appreciate raising two girls and a family in this area. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I got five girls now, Doug, so I want to keep wow. everywhere. Trust wow, me. Wow, that's unbelievable. It's crazy, my man. So are you like a local celebrity in town? Do you get recognized? Hey, Dougie! Or do people call you Doug Glatt sometimes? Or <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, in all honesty, I mean, I'll say that I do get recognized now that these movies have been out and, um, yeah, people will goof around, you know, they'll call me glat and stuff like that. Um, and it's all in fun. I mean, it's not like I'm getting mocked or anything. I mean, it's all in good fun and, and I go with the flow. How can I not, you know, I, I got to absorb it. Um, I appreciate how lucky I am to have the exposure that I've gotten from, you know, coming from being a pond skater at 20 years old to, you know, two books and two movies. I, I know I think I'm very fortunate. No, and I loved how the movie did not just portray you as this one-dimensional goon who didn't know anything but fighting. I, I think it did a good job of showing the behind-the-scenes of, like, how you were not – and I don't know how the movie parlays, like, you know, parallels your life and the fact that in the movie the guy was just, like, a super nice guy off the ice. He wasn't really um, intimidating or aggressive. He just did his job, and I just love how – he wasn't this aggressive animal off the ice. And I just think it was a great kind of way to show that. I don't know. Maybe you are an animal off the ice. I don't know, Doug. No, I mean, I think, I mean, like I said, we, we hung out a little bit. I mean, I think we know each other and, and I think we're both similar that, you know, on the ice, is on the ice and off the ice, you know, you just be a regular guy. I mean, there's no need to be, you know, an asshole off the ice, you know, it's just the way it is. So, and again, yeah. like you, I, you know, I mean, you have a job to do and you know, you might not want to do the job, but you have to do the job or that's your way of making a living. And you know, you just do the best that you can. So besides the movie, obviously what's your most memorable hockey moment? Well, I mean, like I said, coming from nowhere, I mean, getting tryouts in the East Coast League or getting my first real American Hockey League game. I mean, for me, the American Hockey League would probably be like you making the NHL for your first night. You know, I mean, the American Hockey League is the second best hockey league in the world. So yeah. that's my NHL. And, uh, you know, I got to fight uh, that night that I got brought in. I got to fight the heavyweight champion of the league who at the time had just got sent down from uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, I mean, you know, I got to fight a real legitimate guy and, uh, you know, I, I lost. I got the shit kicked out of me, but it, it was heaven. Like it didn't matter to me. I, I lived my dream. Who was that guy you fought? His name was Frank Bialois and his oh. nickname was The Animal. <laughs> that's awesome i love that <laughs> yeah doug one final question for you because you know i have to ask if you and john right now were to lace them up and drop the gloves on the ice who would win oh, the fight right now i don't think that's fair well i mean even back in his day or even today you know i mean i'm only six two i mean john's six eight and let me tell you something and i'm not just you know blowing smoke up his ass because he's on the phone with me i mean i've said this to a thousand people you know the guy always had the ability to fight he might not want to have done it but he, he had it in him and it only took a day or two of pushing him a little bit and and doing some fighting drills and especially some punching drills where he got to realize you know how much power he actually has in those long arms and when he really extends them and snaps them out like a fighter he can do damage, and it proved as that next season began. I mean, he was dropping guys with punches. That's scary shit. I, it's so addicting when you get the – Doug actually had the pads on the ice, and he would go high, low, around, behind. Like, he would move it around to hear that snap of the fist hit the pad. And you can tell when it's not a solid punch. It just right. Doesn't it's got that sound to it. Oh, when you – and I would listen to McIntyre, and he would just be, like, hammering punch after punch. And I was just like, whoa. And then after, yeah, the second, third day, I started to get one or two. It's addicting. It's so addicting. So I, I don't know. Right. That changed my career. I'll tell you that, Doug. Just, just that, I was just like, man, I like this. I like it. <laughs> I mean, you just switch the bag with someone's face. 
And it just it's <laughs> so great. Right. Well, I would think Doug would win in a fight just because he's a killer. Give it to Doug. <laughs> I, I, would, I would, yeah, give it to Doug. But well, I appreciate yeah. that. Doug, I really appreciate it. I want to keep you up. I'm sure you got to go fight some crime or something. I don't know what you're doing, enhancing these things. <laughs> some John, it was great to talk office. to you, and thanks so much. Thanks, thanks again for thinking of me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's be in touch, Doug. This was great. I hope you're doing well, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.